Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello you miserable bastards and welcome to a two-man Misery Hunters podcast, just like how we first started, which was, in my opinion, always the best. Anyway, <laughs> my name is Jamie Coburn and joining me is Sam Smith. Good evening. Lots to talk about, or lots uh, to trying to avoid to talk about. Anyway, we'll, we'll go straight into the game. <laughs> um, I think that's the best way to start. Uh, we drew one each with a Dundee United where... It really does feel like two points dropped despite us coming back into the game. Uh, you were at it, so I, I'll let you go ahead. Aye, it was. I, I think you're right about the the two points dropped. I think it definitely. When we looked at the the run of games that we had left, I think when we, we were on the last podcast, we said that, that this was a game that you really had to win, and then it gave you a bit of leeway in one of the two home games. And now withdrawn this. The two home games are now must wins. Like we we now have to win those two games against Livingston and Kilmarnock to to have any hope of finishing top six. I think, but you know, credit to credit to Dundee United. I think I watched the game against Aberdeen a few weeks ago when it was Goodman's first game, and I actually thought Dundee United looked pretty good. Eh, Barron, you know, Barron that the the hat trick of mistakes for Ryan Edwards. I thought the United looked good. By all accounts, they were a lot better against Livingston as well. So, you know, I'm not shocked to see that they've improved under Goodman because for all the for all the slagging that we do give him, he does know how to make a team solid. He can get the best out of, you know, kind of a defensive unit and make teams harder to beat. You know, obviously, they're not going to be clinical and they're not going to be scoring goals, but it was always going to be a tough game. And I think whatever game plan we had, just went completely out the window with, with the goal for Fletcher. I think a lot of people were I think a lot of people are just looking looking at Richard Taylor and thinking that he is at fault for absolutely everything. But I think there's four or five things that go wrong before the ball even gets to before the ball even gets to Taylor. He's also backpedalling as well. I think it's pretty harsh to to blame him for that. 
you know, he's heading into an area where if Gorgic tracks his man and does his job right, Fletcher doesn't get in front of it. Mm-hmm. I think whatever way he heads it, it's going to drop to Fletcher. Fletcher's going to be at the ball quicker than Gorgic because he's reacting quicker. And I think that's the sort of finish that makes you realise why Fletcher was going for, you know, fifteen million pound fees at points in his career because it was a real, a real touch of class. But I, I think. I think it just gave people a bit more ammo to have a go at Taylor, but I, th- I, I, I don't think, think it was necessarily yeah, his fault. He did have a, a, a kind of shaky start, and I think that yeah, like, no, knocked the complete right. confidence out of him. Like um, There was a lot of kind of wee stupid mistakes he was making a wee bit later on, and um, he, he didn't look the most confident. And, I, and I, I'm going to guess Robinson done his magic at half-time, because second half he was the best player, one of the best players on the park. I, I, I thought it was brilliant second half. I, I thought I think especially the moment that kind of typified it for me is when he won the ball off a of Fletcher inside their own half and he took the ball all the way up. I mean, I think he got to their box essentially and fair enough that the final ball into the box wasn't great, but he's a centre half, so you're not really expecting quality for that, especially on his, his right hand side. But I thought after the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought he had a great game. I thought he was one of the better players in the park. Once he settled down, he's. He's so comfortable with the ball at his feet, which is a hundred percent. You don't really say a lot for defenders, like we, like you wouldn't want Shaughnessy with the ball that long. But with him, like you, no. you're confident that he wasn't really going to lose it. No, I think as well. I think with Taylor, I, I go back to the, the first game he played. Well, the first game he started when he started the time Castle was excellent that night. He was really, really, really good. But you could see that Gallagher mm-hmm. and Robinson and O'Carroll were constantly on him, and you know. Granted, for the level he's played at, he's probably going to need that wee bit extra work. And I think Robinson said that last night in the meet the manager that he's comfortable. He's more comfortable playing him than Shaughnessy because he's left footed. It brings a better balance to the team, which is fair enough. It's absolutely the reason why he should be playing a left footer there rather than Shuhan and Shaughnessy in. And he said that he's confident enough that we'll see with a full pre-season a bit more experience at this level that next season we'll get a far better player. And, I think he's bang on. I think he's. I think he's right. He's got all the raw attributes to be a, a really, a really good defender for us. And I, I, I get getting on at him, groaning every time he was on the ball in the first twenty minutes of the game was just horrendous. And we've said it before, but managers and players have said it. Like that does affect mm-hmm. the players on the pitch. It, no matter what some people think, like booing and groaning. And, Somebody's somebody's every move isn't going to help. So I got on him and encourage him. I think Gogic at centre half. I, I, I like Gogic at centre half. I actually think he's he flies under the radar a wee bit there because he's not doing like the kind of covering every blade of grass that he usually does in the middle of the park. But I think Fletcher really did. Mm-hmm. Fletcher did really dominate our our defenders for the whole of the game, especially in there. I think he must have won about fifteen twenty headers in the first half alone. <clears throat> I think when we stopped the supply going up to Fletcher second half, that's when we started to to see us grow into the game. But United looked a bit better. But the main thing for me is, and I said it at the game, you know, it, it is probably for me. It's not used to me being a wee bit. I'm probably being far more negative than I'm used to being. But we just have a real inability to break teams down. Mm-hmm. If we are the team that has all the ball, you just. If we're you know we're the team that's got all the ball, we need to go and attack. I just don't really have any. Not that I don't have any faith because we have done it from time to time, but you wouldn't bank on us going and breaking teams down and creating hundreds of chances. Like I, I can't remember like a, the last time we had a clear cut chance for the strikers to 
to properly you know, have a go and one you'd expect them to score. Everything's all kind of half chancy. So I, I don't know if maybe we need to change something, whether that's pushing Kilty further forward, maybe giving Fraser Taylor a go. I think he's the kind of creative type that we could look to use for that, whether we look to try and get Strain and Tanza more involved rather than just hitting crosses into the box all the time. Yeah, I think it's also when like the fact that Robinson doesn't play a system that allows wingers like Dang. if he had a like a sort of just a slight rotation in his tactics just to allow and that's where someone like Jay Henderson would really come Dang. in well like <clears throat> you obviously see how well he's doing at Inverness. Like um that would be something but I guess it might be something that he would work on pre season for us, like just as a plan B against teams that we will have more possession because if he if he's wanting us to be a top six team and you know we have ambitions to go a wee bit maybe even just sneak one of those European places we're going to come up against some more teams that don't want to have all the ball and we'll have to deal with it and we're going to have to do something because you need to be flexible like I think that the perfect example of teams being flexible is Hearts Hearts can switch between a you know Hearts go between for all the the criticism their fans give Robbie Nielsen they swap between a five two three, they'll sometimes they'll go and they'll just play one up front, mm-hmm. then they'll go and they'll play a four three three. Livingston are you know, Livingston are probably one of the better teams for switching their game plan. Livingston will play completely different formations versus every team. But I don't I don't really think that's what we need to do. Obviously three five two has worked a treat for us mm-hmm. most of this season. But Robinson said it himself, like he didn't want to play at the start of the season, he wanted to play four three three. And we've seen that in the League Cup games, but he thought three five two is how he could get the best out of our squad and granted he's right but I think he said he said it himself again last night like you need to have a really good plan A before you start worrying about having a plan B and I think for the most part we do have a good plan A but I do agree with you Jamie I do think we maybe need to be a wee bit a wee bit more flexible when it comes to attacking teams and I mean we'll, we'll talk about how we got our goal and how we got our last goal as well which was um Absolute filthy, filthy fill in the box. Aye, I'll play devil's advocate here. It's obviously, it's obviously light, and I think actually this reminds me of the time I tried to defend the penalty that we got against Motherwell during lockdown when Erwin got hit. To be fair, we did say you could hear it, and um, you said that apparently the Motherwell uh, team were all raging at McGabby for the challenge. So there must have been something. Yeah, Yeah, in the camera that you can you can see it, but. I think you're really annoyed if it doesn't get given because Ayina doesn't need to make the contact. He doesn't. He he, he does not need to touch him. Main's going away from goal. He's he's going into a nowhere area down at the side. He doesn't need to touch him. So I think they'll give the attacker the benefit of the doubt because the defender's been really clumsy. The angles aren't great that you see it from. You don't really know if he maybe has clicked his legs and that's why Main's went down, but. He's touched him, he's got a hand in the back. If he's clipped his feet, that's why he's went over. And it's just a daft, daft tackle to make. And I, I think even just, just before it, I think we missed it, like just with the goal that Richard Taylor scored as well. Like there's, yeah. there's a fraction in that. And then when you see some of the calls that went the way of Motherwell and Rangers, like maybe an hour or two before, it's it's a you wee bit baffling. I, I, was, I was watching it on whatever kind of stream and um from our camera I, like that we saw like Richard Taylor looked a mile offside and we could not understand why it took so long for VAR Aye. to 
but they, when you that. see the lines, like it yeah. is tight, really, really, really tight. And I think I read, I think it was Crawford Allen had said that now, if the lines are touching, the benefit of the doubt goes to the attacker. Oof. If they can't, like, if it's if like they can't conclude it, then the mm-hmm. benefit of the doubt will go to the attacker. Which, for the amount of time it was taken, that must have been close to. That must have been really close to, you God, know, you the advantage being given to Taylor. That would have been brilliant. I think Goodman would have probably combusted. But mm-hmm. I think move, moving back to the penalty, uh, I'm, you know, had I think most of I think O'Hara scored but for the spot five or six times this season. Mm-hmm. I'm still not convinced he's that good a penalty taker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that like confidence I had every time like Jimmy McGrath went up to take a penalty when you kind of knew it was going to go in. I don't know if it's the way he does it. He's a wee bit, you know, not as convincing, which is mental because his last two penalties have been great. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't, he doesn't, he, he kind of does that thing that McGrath done that he waits that split second before the keeper goes mm-hmm. to hit the like the keeper goes to dive and he'll hit the ball. But he tucked it away, and then after that, we were really, I think, on top for about 10, 15 minutes, and then the last ten minutes was just crazy. The last ten minutes of the game was just yeah. mental, like end to end. You know, I think again, big shout out to to Trevor Carson who was he made a couple of you know excellent saves again. Like everyone can go on about getting ten, fifteen goal a season strikers, but having a good goalkeeper is just every bit as important as that. That's another. I think when that's you, another point he's putting the board. The position that we're in, and like in teams round about us, that a goalkeeper like that is probably worth more to us because we're never like. You're very, very, very lucky if you come across a player that will score you 15 to 20 goals in a season. Motherwell have one in there. Mm-hmm. Below it. Motherwell have a guy on 17 goals who's in there four places below us, I think. So. No, 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 three. No, two now. Yeah, two now. They're ninth, sorry. Yeah, but like Motherwell, I think we are, what, eight points ahead of Motherwell. And they've got a guy who's scored 17 goals that us in Livingston don't have guys like that. You know, Hibbs obviously have Nisbet. He yeah. scored 10 and he's only played about five games. You know, Hearts of Shankland, who's got 19, I think. No, 17 in the league, sorry. But uh, the rest of the teams don't really seem to have have these strikers that are made up. And I, I think, don't get me wrong, having one would be would be ideal. And that is the aim. You'd love to have a guy who puts the ball in the net 15, 20 times a season, but the reality is... I will, I will say that about um, our fans when we sign a striker they automatically look at Wikipedia and go oh, hardly pr- pr- prolific it happens all the time no. Van Veen who scored 17 goals this season only scored 12 in 59 in 60 games for Scunthorpe 7 in 35 for Northampton and 19 in 94 for Scunthorpe so it shows you that Aye. stop looking at Wikipedia stop looking at stats and stop making fucking pre-assumptions before they've even kicked a ball I just ju- judge them on what they do for mm-hmm. judge them on what they do for the club. But I, I think like, the, at the end of the game, we were pretty lucky to hang on. I think this, I can't remember. I think it was from Kujo. Uh, the safety Carson's tremendous, mm-hmm. like proper, proper world class. And I think you know we were really uh, unlucky with the grieve chance at the end, like yeah. that one. That one just is that the one where you took on the volley? Yeah, I, I hit that perfectly. Just it, too high, but. It's, there's not much in it, but I think all in all, it's you could look. At, I looked at the last six games and I said that I think seven points would be enough to get us there. We've got one. Mm-hmm. We only, in my opinion, I think we need to we need to beat Livingston. That, that's a non-negotiable. I think 
you do need to beat Livingston, but I think every uh, you, you know you do see people saying that oh, Livingston's running really easy, but Livingston are playing. You know, I think on the last they played in the United and Motherwell and St Johnston. You know, Motherwell have Motherwell have really packed up, mm-hmm. really started to play well. I think St Johnston they play yeah. So Livingston are at home at St Johnston. St Johnston are the third best team in the league away from home in the league. Pick up a lot of points away from home. They're good at that, and they're away to the United, who by that point before the split are going to be fighting for points. They are going to be desperate. So it's not obviously we do have Rangers and Hearts in our in our last four. But hey, sorry, no, yeah, it's in our last four. But you know these games aren't going to be these games aren't going to be easy for Livingston either. So I think with the form that Hearts are in, we can definitely look to take something for Tynecastle. Their away form maybe begs to differ, but if you take if you do beat Livingston and then you get a point of hearts and beat Kilmarnock, then I think that's enough. I think that will be enough. I, I'm I'm still fairly confident we'll make it. I think we'll win both our home games, and then it's just a case of hoping that Livingston don't pick up, don't don't really go on a mad run and win the last three after that, which I don't think they will. But mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've got every every confidence in us to go out and do it. Um, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk about Livingston um, after this. Hi, I'm Alex Grieve, and you're listening to Misery Hunters. That was the most capped St Mirren player there, Alex Grieve. <laughs> and uh, if you can hear yeah. ruffling about, that is Kirsty coming in for a weekly. She's not done it in a while, actually. No, she's not. But Apart from the, I think the best time was the time she made me shit myself. That was yeah, hilarious. <laughs> but... Uh, Aye, I think I think we're obviously going to go on and talk about talk about the new contract for mm-hmm. for Marco Hara, which is brilliant news. And I have to say that thank you to whoever at made up the video that included my commentary. I've never been prouder <laughs> to hear my aye. Kill Cam and collected. I think they should have included the fact that you also said that. I think what was it when Celtic scored? <laughs> said it's still one each. Dumb. <laughs> Yeah. Aye, but it's such a such a good bit of business to get him signed up for, you know, to sign a two year extension. Like I kinda really you know, we've we've been so competent. Mm-hmm. I think we you're obviously getting Carson and now O'Hara, you're looking to get Strain, Dunn and Main. I think Robinson was talking last night about Dunn and Main. I think he's more confident on Main. Yeah. But he says that the both of them absolutely love it here and he hopes to he hopes to get the two of them signed up but I, I think it's going to tie into the point. I think the point we're going to move on to with O'Hara. I don't think O'Hara and Carson would be signing up if they didn't know yeah. that Robinson was going to do the same. I think that's all shaping towards Robinson again an extension, which I think probably is the most important out all of them, more than any player that's going to sign up. I'd no, say 100%, I think I'd, rather have, I'd rather have Robinson and O'Carroll signed up long term than. And the rest, because the rest it will follow, and I think I've seen a lot of people saying, "Oh, we should be waiting to see if he gets top six No, I don't think we should because he's clearly he's clear, he's taking it as a, an upwards trajectory. You know, people are enjoying going to home games now. People are enjoying just going to games in general. He, he's made us a lot better, but and it looks as if there's now like a clear pathway at the first team for youth players. He needs to be here for. As long as we can keep him for, and mm-hmm. aye, long may it continue. But I think 
Aye, to, when I'd seen that, I, I, I just assumed that when O'Hara was going to extend, it would have been like Carson extending for a year, but we've really protected one of our main assets, really, because a guy is going to, his stats are going to look at the end of the year. Obviously, the context, you're looking at penalties, but he's a, a centre midfielder who's scored eight goals this season. You know, it's, he's undoubtedly going to attract attention. He's at a good age, he's 27, he's you know, as a fiddle, he's a really good box to box player. You know, there's not many teams down in England out with the Premiership that probably wouldn't be interested in him. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. But I, I get the impression he's he's very happy up here and won't be on the move anytime soon. No, that that generally would be a seven figure fee that would require oh, us to sell, and I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I, it, it's very encouraging to see. Like we all know the type of player Marco Hara is. Like we've seen it ourselves. Even before we signed them, we were impressed when we signed them. And you're like, I wonder how long we'll have him for. It now looks like we've got him for the long haul. He's our club captain. Um, we've touched on it, and I don't know if we've touched on it in the podcast or just in the group chats that he does the classy thing every time Shaughnessy comes on. He, he, love he, that. Yeah, he takes uh, off the armband and passes it over, um, which he doesn't need to do, and he and he's doing just out of respect. So that's another tick in his box and um, I'm more than happy that he's he's staying for the long haul and it just shows you the kind of project that Robinson's doing and the work that's been done I, behind behind the scenes as well I, I think all of the I think they, they said last night at the meet the manager night that it's the like I think O'Hara commented on like how happy the squad is and how, how well everybody gets on it's like a just a big it seems like a big family, a big band of brothers. And I think that's one of the things that Robinson's, I think, said before when he was at Motherwell, that when he's looking at players to recruit, he's not just looking at how good the players are. He's looking to see if they'll come in and they'll fit the people that they're going to be playing with, mm-hmm. if they're going to be a good fit friends-wise. Because like, you can't really bring in guys that are good, but they're assholes and nobody likes them because it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like if you, uh, everyone that's been in a team dynamic at work, if you're working with somebody you don't like, then... Yeah, it's it's not great when you're working with people you don't like. So, yeah, I I think on the, the kind of topic, the like new contracts, new signings. I think we completely got to mention that we signed the midfielder as well. Oh, I Boyd Bunce. I think we did. We mention it in the last podcast. No, because we've he done... wouldn't have signed by that oh, point. We, we, we'd done it on the um, the Patreon the... episode that was uh, ah right, aye. wasn't it the best? We'll see. Aye, but I think uh, again. But the comments from from Robinson again, I, I I do believe everything that Robinson says. But I think when it comes to when he talks about like game time and how fit people are, I, I don't take him at face value anymore because you know obviously they referred back to when Curtis Main was a yeah. doubt never going to be playing against Ross County, and then he played ninety minutes and looked like the fittest guy in the park. But I think he said Boyd Munson is probably one way of view to next season. You know, come in, prove yourself, get a contract, but. I think he played ninety today against the. Uh, he played ninety minutes today against St Johnston. So, I think obviously the plan is to get him up to speed as, as soon as possible. You know, everyone's saying that he's a kind of similar player to Erehon, and that's something that we've missed big it time. Just yeah. someone in a sort of more defensive role in midfield that's cam on the ball can cam the play down and make a pass. That's and Aye. it has been. It's really strange, like. Under Robinson, we've had to like completely U-turn how we talk about players. We would not have said that of Erehon like a year or so ago. Do you know what? See, to sum it up, see the, the post, uh, one of the, I think it was the post that Mark put in the group chat today about uh, 
the guy commenting on his post from a year ago about Grieve. Yeah. <clears throat> that was one that we asked for, like, what you would do with the squad for next season. And comments on it are saying, like, anyone that thinks Erehon's a good footballer's at it. Like, uh, I think there was one that said that we need to try and sell him as soon as possible. He's not going to fit into the team in a year down the line. I think it was always going to happen, to be honest. I think once he finally kicked on, we were always going to see what a player he was, but not not in the way he did do. And aye, it's just crazy. So aye, I'm not going to I'm not going to write off anything that Robinson tries to do. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt every time. He's he's certainly deserved it. Did uh, Gallagher play forty five minutes? Yeah, Gallagher. I think Gallagher played forty five. Uh, what? And Boyd once played ninety. We lost three two, but I think me a lot of the, I think a lot of the kind of younger guys got got plenty of time. So Johnson, by all accounts, had a pretty strong team out. So yeah, it's more more minutes in the legs for mm-hmm. for players that need it. Do you, do you know what all they scored or? Uh, John Obika and Junior Marais. Dream team. I don't know. <laughs> the dream team. Uh, but aye, I, I think hopefully, hopefully Boyd Munch does does fill that gap but again it's, it's smart recruitment you're giving a guy a six month contract and you'll dangle the carrot here of a one year extension and in return we get a guy busting his balls who's going to be playing at the top of his ability and and, and for him he gets the security and extra year to prove he's still at a good level so aye it's a, a win-win for, for everybody at the club in my opinion So look at looking to the Livingston game obviously we've got the the Scotland game in between. Um, you're, you're saying it is a must win, and it really does look like it should be. If we're if we've got aspirations of finishing in the top six, it is a must win. Um, Livingston are obviously a tough team to to beat. We all know that. We, everyone calls them anti football, but I've, I've got it's quite a lot. Very of, yeah. No, I know they do it very. They do a job very well, and um, it's one that we've got to be like completely on our toes that like we kind of mentioned it when we play the old firm um that we need everybody to be doing their job correctly and not let any mistakes in or anything like that which we were doing quite well against Celtic until uh Dunn gets sent off um that that kind of mentality has got to continue into this game where you can't make stupid mistakes because Livingston will punish you for it they're a, they're a dangerous team. They've got you know a lot of a lot of good players, guys that for years I've said would be would be good fits for a team like us. Like Nicky Devlin's a really good player. You know Scott Pittman since Livingston have been you know come up for League One. Scott Pittman's been an excellent player. You know obviously the real danger man up front, Nubly, who is an absolute pain in the arse mm-hmm. to play against. They've obviously got Bruce Anderson, who's a good striker. So they also they're, have they're Sean Kelly. Yeah, who's now a capable uh, defensive midfielder, <laughs> which is mental, mental to think. But they're a dangerous team. They're a, a, a really dangerous team. They're a really good manager. And they, they'll be coming down. They'll be coming down the the travelator that is the M8. Absolutely thinking that they can win. I think if Libby, I think if Libby win, that would be a what a Libby four point. No, a point ahead of us, so that would mm-hmm. put it to four points with three games to play. We're not making up a four point gap on them with three games to play whereas on the flip side if we win we go two ahead of them and you're just hoping that Livy don't pick up more than five points and then we need to beat Comarnock so I I, I trust this to get the job done I think when 
when it's really when we've needed to this season, we've we've plucked performances out the bag. We've been we've been good at home. I think we've only lost three times all season at home, which is first at Mirren, scandalous to be honest. Mm-hmm. How we've managed to how we've managed to do that. It's been brilliant. And we we are, as much as we're talking up Levy, we can be a really good team as well. And aye, I, I fancy us to get the job done. It's going to give us an extra week and a bit to get guys like Gallagher back, like mm-hmm. Dunn and Watt. They've obviously missed the game. Get them up to speed. And I, I think the only worry for me is is that Strain and Bacchus don't get back until the Thursday. Mm-hmm. So you're really hoping that one, they don't pick up any knocks when they're away. Preferably they don't play at all. <laughs> and they're only really going over for the extra training. But you don't know if they're going to be jet lagged by the time it comes to the Saturday. But with the way they two boys are. I mean, they, we all thought not... that about Bacchus when he first signed and then... Aye, he was the best player in the mm-hmm. park. So uh, it's it's one of the ones. Like, I don't have any doubt that they two will come back ready to go, but it is in the back of your mind. Like, well, they may be a wee bit tired. There's nobody going to hang on strain and see what he can get for the 90 minutes. But nah, refer back to what I said. I think we'll get the job done. And aye, I needed the after the United game, I did the, the breakaway from St Mirren. And I think it, I've not enjoyed going to the football for a while. Not not enjoyed like that. I've enjoyed going to the like going to the football. I've not been enjoying constantly looking at my phone, mm-hmm. looking at other results, like looking at where we are on the table. And I just I needed the break away from the stress of watching Submarine to then the stress of watching Scotland. So I, I'm just looking at the league table now. Um... Do you remember the predictions we did at the start of the season? And I think you had us finishing fourth or something. Fifth. Like that. Fifth. I said we were going to finish seventh and we'd lose out in the top six in goal difference. We currently have a better goal difference of Livingston just by two goals at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I hate the I fact think, that that's getting quite close. Yeah, and I think I think the, the important thing that it, it is two goals, but Livingston don't need to play Rangers at mm. Ibrox. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be... I, I think if if we do beat Livingston, if points are still sitting the way we need them to sit by that point. But I think, no, we, we obviously play Livingston in the next game with Rangers. Mm-hmm. We need to really... Uh, we're obviously going to go out to win the game because that's that's what teams do, mm-hmm. regardless of what some Celtic and Rangers fans think. St Mirren do try and beat the old firm. Teams, teams are allowed to go and try and get a result that suits them. They don't need to go gung-ho and lose 6-0, but we need to really avoid a hammer. Getting, getting beat would obviously be bad, but if you can come away there only getting beat 1-0 one, or 2-1, it's not the end of the world. That's, that isn't the end of the world. and We just need to really hope the goal difference doesn't take a tanking that day because we do have a tendency against Rangers and Celtic to get a bit of a doing. You know, obviously we've been beat 4-0 off of Rangers this year. We've been beat 4-0 off of Celtic and 5-1 twice off of Celtic. So, like, it can happen. It can get out of hand. Like, if you do get down to 10 men, then you know, the likelihood is that you are going to maybe put in tackles. You're going to give the referee something to think about. You might get down to 10. So, uh, we just need to really watch. We really be careful that day mm-hmm. and hope that your prediction doesn't doesn't ever come to it and mine's does just as I saw it there I went oh 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 Um, before we go um, I think most people will be tuning in just to hear any comments on this they're brilliant because they've listened all the way to the end for it as well 
uh, the smiza stuff's turned its ugly head again. <clears throat> so what it appears to be, we've got another resignation, and then we've got someone in his chair, or temporary chair, who no one knew was on the smiza panel or board at all. The fact was, they've now come out and apologised and said it was an oversight. I think they're just trying to cover their arses on that one because when you look back at when they announced the the, the co-opted Jack, Jack and Stuart, and he that's when he was joined on. But there was profiles put up and everything we bit about themselves. He was nowhere to be seen, Alex Dillon. Um, that's I think where most people are getting a bit frustrated with with, with Smizer, like um. You, you can't really, you can't really trust no. what they're doing is right. And if you're paying money towards something that you don't really believe in, you're not. You can't really trust the guys that are in charge of the money that you're giving them. Then, not not to say they've done it wrong with the money. That's the no. one I'm trying to say. It's just that you, you can't trust that these people are being completely transparent because after all, that's what we were promised. But. You know, the people that were running for this is that they were going to be a lot more transparent. Mm-hmm. To me, it just looks like they're... Uh, it's, they fell at the first hurdle of, of yeah. one of their pledges. Aye. And um, the whole thing with the minutes coming out after the meeting yesterday and all that kind of stuff, that seemed a bit sketchy. And, like, I get what people were saying on Twitter, but, like, it's now turned into almost like, oh, you're not a real fan unless you're giving money to Smiza and stuff like that, which is, isn't the case. If... Aye, see in, see in 2023... The way the world's going, see if somebody wants to take 12 quid away and wants to spend it on their energy bills or whatever, or wants to have an extra 12 quid to go spend on something else, let them do what they want. Who cares? It's not your money. It doesn't matter if you don't want to pay towards something because you don't feel you're getting the benefit out of it and it isn't what you thought you signed up for. And cool, it's nothing to do with anybody else. Like with with myself, like I am. Obviously, started my own business and that, so my personal income obviously dropped massively. Like what I was spending my money on, I had to be a bit more careful with. And the Smizer thing was the thing I kept rolling. Like I'd cancelled everything, and that was like my yeah. only outgoing thing. Um, like subscription was that. And then, do you know what? Like, I, I didn't like the way it was going, and I, and I, and I, that twelve pound fifty is better off not going there at the moment. Like, it, it, I don't feel it. Like if, if you feel you yeah. can get something else for your money, then go for it. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you got to laugh, and you like kind of having like a, a super fan off. Like I've missed two games this season, mm-hmm. and I've probably put in I've, I've put in a scandalous amount of money to go watch Super and Home and Away, buy the Home and Away top every year. Like I spend the money at the pie stalls every week. You're you know you're giving everything to the club. Like just because I'm. Not paying a direct debit to something that I don't really see me getting the benefit out of. Doesn't make you any less a fan. If people don't want to pay it, that's their prerogative. I think that we all want to be able to join and we all want to. Of course. Like, inevitably, we all will join back, but at the moment, I don't really really want to pay into something that I don't believe in. seems and I can't remember who it was that put it in the group chat it might have been Ross that's saying it's essentially turned into like a bowling club committee it's a bunch yeah. of old guys w- with power issues that just they just want a little bit more power in their life over stuff that just yeah I think the, the, the main thing for me is, is less I think there needs to be less time attacking the club board mm-hmm. and more time spent actually doing your job properly growing Smizer supporting the board 
and I actually having a wee bit of doing what you're meant to be doing. You're not there to just attack the board and you know promote personal agendas. Like just grow up, mm-hmm. grow up, get on with your job. That's what you're elected to do. You weren't elected to go and have a cry and a moan at meetings to folk about the kibble and stuff like that. Just go get in, get what needs to be done and grow smiser because I, I, I mean at the end of the day like a strong smiser with plenty of subs is only going to be a good thing for St mm-hmm. so I, I think people will join back as soon as they start to see it head in the right direction and, it, and it's weird to see that a lot of the the, the strong ardent smiser supporters see kibble bad Ponzi schemes good that seems to be the official message <laughs> Oh well. Uh, but I think <laughs> we will leave it at that. And uh, miseryhunters.co.uk for all your merch. Um, Patreon.com forward slash miseryhunters for our Patreon. Uh, you get entered into a monthly prize draw. You get access to the Discord. And you... Um, what else do you get? Oh yeah, bonus episodes. Which sometimes are a bonus and sometimes might not be. Well, I think the, the, the worst Patreon ever was last week. It was. We'll be back to normal this week. I mean, the explanation behind that was that we were, it was we started recording at twenty to eight, and we had Danny Lennon coming on at eight. So we're, we're all a little bit excited, all a little bit nervous, and it just came out on a recorded show that people paid for. That that's essentially it, and we apologise. <laughs> and it's usually better. I, I will say. I mean, ask any of our Patreons that are they're seventy odd and they're still paying. So. That's nice to see. I, people, people should have cancelled on mass after that last week. <laughs> There's still time. Don't, don't tempt them. Um, but as always, uh, fuck Alex Ray. Fuck Alan McGregor and his wife that appeared in the digger last month. Did they? Yeah. All right. <laughs> about Ponzi schemes. Oh, about Ponzi schemes as well. Very on topic. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.